It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? Well, not, um, not Deshaun Jackson anymore, I'll tell you that much. My goodness. It's uh, it's been a weird uh, 24 hours. As I, I even get the sense yeah, that, you know, it's at the point where we just kind of turned the page so quickly from a win uh, into a bye week here, Elliot. And now, like, obviously the world's on fire. Deshaun Jackson is supposedly done for the rest of the season. Jameson mentioned this on the postgame pod. Like, at this point, you might as well and just see if he's ready for the playoffs. But... I mean, the the timing, the way that Doug handled his press conference this morning, all kind of weird. I'm uh, really excited to hear your thoughts and uh, good to hear from you, buddy. Yeah, look, I mean, as always, James Seltzer's right, right? I mean, that's always <laughs> what we uh, – yeah. but I, I do think one key difference, and this is in the John John Clark's report of NBC Sports and, you know, airport aficionado. Yeah, good work um, by him, that, by the way, scooping everybody else. Congratulations, yeah, John. He's been awesome with the Deshaun stuff. He really has been. Um uh, one big difference, though, is that like it seemed like he the the injury was worse yesterday. Like it, yeah. it, it's not like he uh, came out of that injury out of that game yesterday with the same situation he did before. It. He he the injury is worse now. Apparently, according to the report, he completely tore the abdomen muscle off the bone. So uh, I think he he needed surgery basically no matter what. Now yeah. what it what is pretty clear is that you know when the Eagles said they were being precautionary, and then you know Doug said this morning that he's optimistic and all those things like he was just saying that like I mean it was pretty I I think everyone that watched that game yesterday had the feeling that when Deshaun left that game his season was basically over now at this point maybe he comes back in you know six weeks if he comes back in six weeks that would be right around the Dallas game or you know a week to go or whatever but I think realistically when you talk about the 2019 Eagles you talk about their future for this season their playoff chances all those things you can't include Deshaun Jackson you can't even say when Deshaun comes back, like 
at this point, I think it's just safe to say Deshaun is done for the year. Yeah, um, and, you know, had that feeling ever since this kind of like progressed into two weeks and then three weeks. And um, I, listen, all coaches and GMs lie, so don't be surprised by that. And um, I don't even see a lot of people killing Doug after this, but there's a lot of people killing Howie. And, you know, it just it, – it really lines up um, with a lot of questions that everybody has right now. And specifically – um, even even going into the trade deadline where you sur- heard at least that there was going to be some sort of fun from uh, Mike Florio and everybody assumed that's wide receiver, that's offense. Uh, would love to know the stories behind that. Then Josh Gordon comes along, doesn't pick him up. Um, and again, a million dollars where you could sit there and cut him. Like all of these things on the surface. And this is just what I'm hoping, Elliot. I don't know if it's true, but it, if we see it so simply, you know, and I don't want a fan base running a team ever. I don't. I don't think that 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 should be. Uh, you know, uh, at, at the forefront here. But I mean, a lot of the things and a lot of the criticisms do make sense. The way I see this is there has to be something going on with that wide receiving core right now, or uh, Howie Roseman just maybe even managing this thing more emotionally than. Than it is like, hey, you know, a little more cutthroat, which we're kind of used to seeing from a lot of post Super Bowl teams. So I, I don't really get why there's so much, um, you know, there's there's smoke, there's smoke, there's smoke, and there's never fire on on bringing somebody in here. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think they ha- haven't worked out anybody or haven't landed a guy or haven't even claimed a guy like Josh Gordon when it seems pretty obvious to do so? Well, here's the thing with Josh. I mean. So we can go overall, we can go case by case. I yeah. think with Josh Gordon, the idea of Josh Gordon is always way better than the actuality. I mean, no, no, you know, the Seahawks were probably what the bottom eight or something in a yeah. waiver wire claim. So no, probably no other team put in a claim on him. The Patriots basically got rid of him, even though, you know, it was under kind of the, the disguise of the fact he was hurt. They basically just cut him because they didn't want him there. So I think this idea that Josh Gordon was going to come in and help is far-fetched. I think that a lot I of the compl- players... I, at this point, I completely disagree for what it's worth, but go ahead. Well, what what makes you disagree? The Seahawks are seven and one, were 7-1. and one, They put in a claim. Now they're... you know, Or 6-1 and one, or whatever. 6-2. Six, six and two. Now they're 7-2. and two. Uh, Like, if a winning football team is taking a chance on, on Josh Garden, even after the Patriots come here, I think that's really peculiar, especially when it's a million dollars. And if he really does upset the locker room, isn't as good as what you think he is and you need some form of speed desperately on this football team. I I don't understand that. I, I get I get the whole like well you know he could ruffle feathers and that's what I mean is is bringing Josh Gordon into a room like this so volatile that if you did do that that it would disrupt a lot more things or or what because Alshon and, and Nelly have to be feeling this too and they know that they're not performing well. Um, I agreed with what you said this morning, too. I can't believe that you got crushed for, like, who gives a shit about Matt Collins because that's where I'm at right yeah. now. I'm more concerned about the two guys that are supposed to have production that were productive and then all of a sudden have just fallen off the map here. So, I, uh, The point I'm making, though, about Josh Gordon yeah. is not like – I get your point. Like, he's worth a chance in, to a degree, right? Like, you pick him up for free. You cut – like, you know, Rudy Ford, and now you have you can just yeah. see what Josh Gordon has. Like, I get that, right? But my only point about Josh Gordon is that there, it's been a lot of years now where it's been like, you know, they had a chance to get Josh Gordon. Other teams have had a chance to get Josh Gordon, and he's so good. But he very rarely actually lives up to that talent. I mean, he had 20 yep. catches this year for 287 yards and a touchdown. So could he have come in this year 
and and you know found a you know new location and all those things yeah maybe like who knows and maybe it was worth a shot my only point is that the real move would have been like trading a two for Robbie Anderson. Yes. Like there there were right. options out there where you could feel confident the person would come in. Now, then again, after the Golden Tate situation last year, who knows, where, where the coaching staff had trouble, you know, integrating a new receiver. But my point is Josh Gordon is much more of a name. Like if you want to rip the front office for passing on guys, I think Josh Gordon's near the bottom of the list of all the talent that Howie has, you know, just basically passed on. I mean, straight up, like yeah. Jadavion Clowney, uh, Robbie Anderson, like all these guys were there to be had. Jalen Ramsey, Emmanuel Sanders, I had a far more egregious trade not to make. What did he go for, like a third and a fifth? Yeah. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, I- I'm watching the 49ers game uh, – you know, last week, and he looks like fucking lightning in a bottle compared to all these other receivers. <laughs> like the does. way the yeah. way he's like running around there and all that. So like, there were other moves to be made. I just don't know if Josh Gordon is like the headliner of moves that he's passed on. Yeah, and this is what I I, I don't know if it's if it's money based, if it's personal based, if it is you know uh, asset based in the future. Could be all those things lumped in together. But there is some sort of pull that is that is causing these guys not to pull the trigger for one thing or another and i i don't understand it like they all see what's happening here you know like and as much as i'm trying to fight i mean Elliot, think about this yesterday 40 minutes of possession time 40 minutes of possession yeah. time and they still were sweating it out you have to find explosion somewhere um and here is an interesting thing that I so I went into a contract wormhole because I'm look obviously we're both looking at like all right who are some names that can you know kind of uh, grasp here the funny thing is to me if you move on from uh, from Nelson Aguilar uh, uh, Golden Tate's cheaper you know Golden Tate has ended up being a lot cheaper for the Giants and yeah there's a four game suspension in there uh, too but I mean like his base salaries are like seven million eight million five million. For the next couple of years, uh, and you can get out of that contract after 2020, um, who's been more productive. And then you look at like, all right, well, like they didn't want to have Trey Burton here uh, for whatever reason because they didn't seem that they had, could, oh, you know, for got Dallas Goddard. No, I'm I know, but they, but do you still you yeah. still had Brent Selleck and you know him and another third. I mean, it doesn't stop you from running 13 personnel or whatever. And granted, you're not going to pay six and a half million dollars for that production, but. Honestly, like if you had those things tied up, um, it would be. I, I feel as though something as simple as that would make this better than the situation it's currently in now. You can't get rid of Alshon Jeffrey now uh, for the next season either, and you're just sitting here going like, okay, well, what do you, what do you do? And now it's. And I'm not saying that you can't acquire talent. A couple other people have brought this up too. I mean, Craven LeBlanc is. Is a guy that you just got off the street, and and everybody seems to, you know, he's a, a contributor right away here. So I don't think it's all lost here, but I I think what's led up to this right here is just a lot of emotional decisions, and not a lot of we're going to build a different way decisions. That's that's yeah, how I, I mean, feel. Let, let's be honest here. Howie Roseman has been atrocious at the wide receiver position since coming back as GM yeah. in 2016. We we had Warren Sharp on with us this past Saturday, and one of the best points he made was. You know, when you're when you're studying Carson and where he's at as a young quarterback, me and you can debate it. Me, you and James can like me and I, everyone debates Carson. But we what we can't debate is Carson is consistently playing with new receivers almost every week. When you look at who he played with in 2016 to 2017 to 2018 to yep. this week, like he doesn't have two consistent starters. His mm-hmm. one cons, his one constant has been Zach Ertz. And actually, I guess Nelson Aguilar as well. But even he really kind of struggled in 2016. But he's never had guys around him that he could say year after year, 
Like these are my guys I have a relationship with. I know them. We've been we've been through tough games together. We've won tough games together. And part of that is him getting hurt. But overall, the fact is how he's done a bad job. And I know people want to focus on Matt Collins and JJ Arcega Whiteside. And those are certainly different discussions and how he as of now appears to have failed, right? I mean, we'll see what happens with JJ. But the the real issue with this receiving core right now starts with the fact that Howie built them around Alshon and Deshaun, and neither of them are helping at all right now. Yeah. And Deshaun, because of injury, but Deshaun was older, right? And I really think what's what shocks me more than anything is Howie Roseman extended Alshon into 2020 where you essentially guaranteed his contract and it makes him way tougher to cut and trade. And then when he, when Deshaun wanted to come back to Philly, he was in Tampa Bay. He hands him a three-year deal, which basically locks him up for two years. Like if Howie Roseman has one strength, it's that he's always canning out contracts where he can basically get out of them when he wants to. Right. And definitely not as hard as it is with these two. So Howie mismanaged uh, the Alshon thing. And what's weird is, when you look at those deals and you say, okay, well, the reason they're pushed back is because they have smaller cap hits this year. The Eagles have all this cap space. They have like yep. $26 million in cap space and they're not using it on anybody. So the receiver position is a major, major problem for this team. Yeah. And I, I can't figure that out if it was like, okay, we're freeing up money to go and do this thing that never happened. And so that's what like has stopped them from yeah. doing a lot of other things because maybe they thought that there was going to be a deal in place. Um, you know, just kind of reading the tea leaves there, and then it just just nothing fucking happened, and now they're in a little bit of panic mode as they've been trying to figure this thing out. And I, I wish that someone would eventually, you know, shed some light on that as you go forward here. Um, but I'm I'm with you. Like whatever whatever did happen, uh, there is mistakes on top of mistakes on top of mistakes that lead to this decision. The Eagles have finally released uh, a statement now after all this happening. They are saying he originally suffered the injury in September against the Falcons. Following the game in Atlanta, Deshaun met with the Eagles and multiple independent specialists to determine the best course of action. After gathering all the necessary information, the decision was made to proceed non-operatively through re rehabilitation. Deshaun worked out uh, worked hard for six weeks to progress to a point where all parties were comfortable with him returning to practice and then to play in the game yesterday against the Chicago Bears. During the first quarter of the game of the Bears, Deshaun experienced discomfort and was held up for precautionary reasons. After further testing and discussion this morning, it was determined that, yeah, 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 he's going to get surgery. So, uh, well, let me, let me say something off yeah. that statement. And then, and then maybe we should move to talking about what this team can do now, both yeah. with the players they have and free agents or, you know, signing free agents. But I think there's a, there's like this narrative out there that the Eagles mishandled this or Deshaun mishandled this. And maybe there's some truth to that. But I just, again, whenever it comes to medical staff and, and players and their bodies, I really feel like we should all give everybody the benefit of the doubt that they're trying their best to do what's best for Deshaun and Absolutely. to get him back on the field quickest, right? So, well, like, so same he, for Deshaun, too, by the way. Like, no, yeah, that's is, what I mean. Yeah. Same for Deshaun. Like, like, my guess is when he got hurt, and it seems like this is what John Clark insinuated, is in week two when he got hurt, it was a slight tear. Yep. Surgery was a possibility. Deshaun wanted to come back, and I respect that decision. He's excited to be back in Philadelphia. The Eagles cannot make somebody get surgery. Like, I don't even know if they're allowed to pressure them into it, right? Like, th now we're, we're not talking about, like, fantasy football here. Like, Deshaun is a human being. You can't make him go, go under for surgery. So if a doctor is telling him, yes, you can rehab this and you can play, maybe you're only going to be at 80%, yep. but, you know, you'll be back in two weeks, and that's not what ended up happening. But I don't think anybody – 
was wrong in this situation. They tried to do the best they could. Deshaun's a 32-year-old wide receiver whose game is built on speed. Like, it is what it is. It's a bad situation. He's going to get surgery, and then hopefully at the end of this, he's okay and he can come back. But I really am, I really just don't want to see, like, the Eagles medical staff or Deshaun getting, like, dragged on Twitter. Because yeah. I, just, I just think everybody did the best they could. Well, just think about it humanly. Like, I can go see a doctor right now, and he goes, yeah, you're going to need surgery on your knee. And I'm going to go, fuck that, because I got to work or whatever. Like, you know, it's a, it's a human reaction. We don't know all the details. Um, uh, and it, it seems like this was, you know, part of it. It was like, hey, I can play through a tear. Like, people do that all the time. Uh, you can't, like, you can't kill – um, Deshaun Jackson for trying to be an asset for this football team, even though clearly, yes, in hindsight, man, you should have gotten surgery because now, like, you might be coming back anyway, on the bye week yeah. and, like, you know, feel good and everybody's excited about it. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a mistake, absolutely, but no one was killing Alshon Jeffrey when he was playing through an AC joint and catching footballs yeah. in the Super Bowl, you know, like, and nobody knew about it at the time. The only reason why we know about this is because he hasn't been playing. Like, it's... Who, who knows how this could have worked out? Everybody is different. Um, at the end of the day, I, I don't – but I also, in saying that, I don't blame people for being upset about, like, man, why didn't you just do this? Do the surgery, you know? Uh, and Yeah, I think it's a lot easier for us to sit here and side, be like, yo, man. It absolutely it, is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah like, like, we don't have to get surgery. We don't have to go under the needle. Like, who, you know what I mean? So, but I, I think that the overall thing, if you want to blame anybody in this situation – I mean, really, Howie Roseman is the one to blame because Absolutely. he has no backup option on the roster whatsoever at the speed position. I mean, not even a semblance of an option, right? Yep. So if you're going to make it, and it was clear last year that the Eagles needed help at speed receiver. Like, they obviously need somebody to stretch the field. He went out and he got maybe the best in the game. I mean, Tyree Kill is up there, obviously, but Deshaun's one of the best in the game to do it over over the last few years. But then you don't have any kind of backup when you know Deshaun is old. You know he misses time. And you, like he put the Eagles in this situation by doing such a poor job of not planning for Deshaun not being there. And the sim- all you had to do, even if Deshaun didn't want to have surgery, all Howie Roseman has to do goes, that's fine. I'm going to put you on IR because we need, yeah. somebody, we need somebody to get in here uh, and we can't take up the roster spot. That's a huge deal. Like That's, that's something that I killed them for. Uh, for Darren Sproles for that entire time last year. It's almost a repeat of that situation, and they didn't learn from it and going like, okay, you know, we respect – uh, we respect Darren. We know what he's trying to do. We know that Deshaun's trying to get in and win a Super Bowl, but like, hey, just convince him, like, we're going to do this right now. We expect you to fully be back um, for the Patriots, uh, and we'll see what happens. You know, maybe the same result comes through, but maybe you have somebody in here that knows the system and you're not scrambling in fucking week nine to, like, now we're going to, like, J.J. Nelson has been brought up. And, like, what the fuck are we talking about? It's J.J. Nelson sucks. Like, yeah, all of Dante these guys Creed suck. got claimed. He, he did, got by the Panthers. Like, that's another name where, <laughs> yeah, people are like, like, come on. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing, like, Cravon LeBlanc last year, Kind of, they struck lightning in a bottle with Definitely. him, and it worked out, right? Like, but and, and by the, the way, is- real quick, Elliot, we don't even know if he's going to be good when he comes back. We right. don't. So, yeah, it's but he played well for them last year. The yeah. point is, like, found somebody late that played well, and you know, he did. Props to him. But like, it's going to be hard to find somebody. I mean, I know the popular name now after two years of me hammering the drum is is Jordan Matthews, and I'll say this on a larger point that. 
whatever the Alshon versus jo- Jordan Matthews debate and all those things, at the very least, you always got consistent play from Jordan Matthews. Like yep. you knew what you were going to get from him. He does certain things well. He doesn't do other things well. But he was there. He had chemistry with Carson. And how he consistently has, you know, he traded him for with a third round pick for Ronald Darby. He didn't bring him back last year. Like all those things. Like that's clear he, how he's handling that situation wrong. Like Jordan Matthews should be here. So I would bring him in. But again, like I don't think Jordan Matthews is going to come in here and like revolutionize the offense. Like no, no receiver is going to do that. The larger issue is that Alshon Jeffrey has been terrible. Like he's just been really bad. And that's your number one receiver. That's the guy the Eagles expected to be a difference maker for them. And he hasn't been. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're down to that now, though, like because your other options are running like 22 or 21 personnel for the rest of the season. Um, and then just hoping that things work out with Alshon and Nelly, and I just don't really foresee that happening. Like that, that is not a good plan to you know just say like, hey, we're going to go into the playoffs with this in uh, sweet. You know, like this is this is. Um, I, I guess that's why there are a lot of people today that don't feel as great, and I don't. I don't feel as great, uh, especially with this coming out now too. And it's something that we just we all collectively were like, yeah, this is not going to happen. You know, and, and there's no action. Uh, and whatever you, you you can't give me the Danny Ainge we tried, it's it's not this is not the time for any of that. Um, I I just I'm at a loss, but I do have one guy that I that, that the Eagles absolutely need to go and get now. Do you know who I'm going to say? No, I don't. Who is it? Des Bryant. They absolutely need to go and, oh, and sign so Des Bryant I, right I now. I completely disagree nope, with you on this. No, nope, this you, is, go, go ahead and do your thing. This is go ahead. It, this is. I'm going to write about it too. But like, this is the only option that you are given right now. And I would, uh, along with Jordan Matthews too, I would absolutely bring Des Bryant in here to get you and make just start him out as wide receiver five and see how he progresses. Because like you know, this is this is. Getting, and, and listen, this might be crazy pills and me just being like, it's a name or whatever. I don't think so. Like, this is a guy that can still catch a football, um, and that's all I'm really looking for. He's a fantastic route runner. Um, he knows every single thing in the route tree. Um, he's got a better – the last time we saw him, I mean, he was with the doldrums of the Cowboys offense, and we all saw kind of how that worked out. And, you know, clearly it's not going to be like – Wow, the season's changed now that Des Bryant is here. But that's the only guy that that is worth actually bringing in and taking a look at if you want to make an actual impact at this point because there is nobody else that I see, and there's been a lot of names that have been thrown around. But Des Bryant is the only guy that I'm concerned about uh, bringing in because it was about, I think we're just past a year of when he tore his Achilles with the Saints. That's the obvious name for me, and I'm surprised that nobody's mentioning it. And like, and if you're going to say John, that's crazy. You've also mentioned uh, Moncrief, JJ Nelson, uh, and, and, and several other. Wait, Brandon LaFell, I think it's another one that's being tossed around. Like, there's been so many bad names that I've seen today. And if you scoff at Des Bryant, I think you're an idiot. That's where I come I down. Think, to. All right, all right. So <laughs> here's the thing: like, Des Bryant didn't even catch a football at all last year, yeah, and, and, or or at all this year, and. I, I mean, I get your point of maybe you bring him in here and he, I guess, has the highest potential ceiling of all the options. Maybe he comes in here and he's refound what made him great before. Like, yes, maybe. But if you're talking about guys that you could come in and know what you're going to get from him, put him out there and hope that he can actually do things within your offense because you know what he is, I really don't think Des Bryant makes sense. I also think that unlike some of these other guys, Des Bryant has tasted success in this league. And yep. 
maybe rightfully so, he's still, I would imagine, has a very high opinion of himself and is not going to want to come in here and just like play second fiddle to guys. I'd also say he was going to do that to, in New Orleans. What are you talking about? There's Michael Thomas that was down in the Saints. He's just like, yeah, I just okay, want to be part of the winning team. He was only there for what three game, three practices. But he still signed. He still signed, Ellie. That's what I'm saying. He ch- he yeah. could have gone to the Browns. He could have gone. He could have gone to anywhere to get more money. We went to the Saints. Michael Thomas had already been an emerging factor there. Like he was going there to be a possession wide receiver. That's it. But but yeah but yes but my point is not of what his intention would be going into it. My point is once he got here, yeah. I do not believe Des Bryant would be comfortable sitting and taking a back seat because he's been so successful. For what are you going to tell him? I mean, look, they start three receivers. So you're saying basically start him is what you would you'd bring him in here and you would start him I on see, the outside. To, to get to there. Like just just have him in for I don't know, as many as many if not more than than Matt Collins is is taking right now. You know, like that's not I think you're forgetting how bad Des Bryant was at the end of his career with the Cowboys. No, like, it was, was really bad. I'm I'm not disagreeing with that so at what all. Makes you think he'll be better now. I'm not saying better. I'm just saying I, I don't think that's like the the only thing that is left in him. I, I don't I don't buy that. I think there was a lot of things going on in Dallas at the time. Um yeah, his ego is is big and he's a wide receiver. Like duh. Uh I, I'm just saying it's worth at least bringing him in for a workout. You should cut Anderson Deo right now, get a fourth back, put Deshaun on IR, open up two slots, sign J Matt and maybe Dez looks great in the workout and you sign him, but you got to bring two wide receivers in here. That's I that. guess. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm never opposed to working anybody out. And like, who knows? Like maybe you bring him in here. He looks great. Like all those things could happen. But ultimately I just, I would be, I would be against it w- without being able to be in the workout and see how he looks. Like he would not be one of my first options. I would bring Jordan Matthews in, but again, like it's just very high expectations for anybody you're bringing in at this point. Like this offense is only going to click the rest of the year. I'll also say that neither of those guys are really speed guys. I know Jordan Matthews doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at this point. That's out. Like it doesn't you, matter because they need a speed guy. You like bringing in any speed guy that is available right now is a waste of time because they're not going to catch the football. In Des Bryant though, like De, like Des Bryant is just Alshon. Like you're just you're you're bringing in another similar type guy. Like at the end of his career in Dallas. Des Bryant was Alshon. That's who he was. No separation, not that fast, like inconsistent hands. Like that's who he was at the end of his career with the Cowboys. I don't really see how a year and a half in major surgery is going to make him any better. So I would rather bring in a guy that's at least like been on an NFL roster for a year, that's been part of football and has speed that can go down the field. I agree the chances of you finding somebody that is going to come in and make an Zero. impact as a speed receiver. Zero. Zero. Any of the spe- – uh, like, name me a speed guy that you would feel okay with. Like, okay, but let's take a shot on that. I don't see where your confidence in Des Bryant is coming from other than the fact that three years ago he was okay. Like, like we, he hasn't even played football in a year and a half. So if you want to say no receiver is a sure thing, then – and you just – you know, you've seen Des succeed before, then maybe. But I, I, like guys that have been on NFL rosters that are in shape, that haven't had surgery, that all those things, like those guys have a better chance of coming in here and being able to play right away. Like Des hasn't even probably had a football helmet on in close to a year, like let alone played in the game and taken hits. We don't even know if you brought him in here if – just like what happened with the Saints would happen to him. And neither God is forbid Eric, that. Neither is Eric Berry, but everybody's calling for him to be the third safety. You know, the, like guys that have had acumen before don't suddenly forget how to play football. 
You know, that's that's not I'm not concerned about any of that. The only it's thing old when they're like 27, but how old is Des Bryant? Like there's an age 31. I think he's 30 or 31. Okay, I mean that's that's not exactly young. I mean, neither is well, Alshon at twenty nine, and you still throw him out there, and he's not producing for you. I, I, I in, in yes, in a perfect setup, Elliot. If this was the off season, there's no way I would be mentioning his name. But this is you're at a point of of desperation, and if we're going to get to a point of desperation, and like we're we're talking about guys that haven't had any type of career, and you want to bring them in. Then, then I don't know why Des Bryant isn't the first name off your tongue. That, that's Des what I'm saying. Old and he probably sucks still. Like I, again, like that's everybody. I, I, that's everybody except for the old part. Like that's what I'm saying. Des at least has experience in doing this. At one point, he was kind of a deep threat. You know, that part of his game is probably long gone. But I, I'm, well, I'm telling okay, you, in so terms gonna- of. Yeah, go ahead. Look, like I think guys that make way more sense than Dez. I would try to convince Torrey Smith maybe to come out of retirement. Mike Wallace was with you last year, broke his ankle, isn't in the NFL still. I think they both make more sense than than Dez Bryant do. If we only have one receiver, yes, I think Jordan Matthews makes more sense as well. Like I, I agree that some of these guys you hear like JJ Nelson and whatnot, like they're not really going to do anything anyway. But I just does to me makes it just doesn't make any sense at all. Other than just hoping and praying, hoping and praying that you catch lightning in a bottle yes. and like he has some miraculous <laughs> comeback. I would almost, I would honest to God, almost sign Terrell Owens before I would sign Tess Brown. Oh my God. You, 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 <laughs> you would sign a, and I, you just made the argument for a guy being out of football for a year. Now T.O. what hasn't played in like 10? <laughs> yeah. I, would, I think it's the same thing. I think it's exact. Like, I, I don't think. Like counting on Des Bryant to come come in here is just I think it's completely pointless. Do you like, understand the logic? Right. Like how much it pains me to hear your logic of like that doesn't make any sense. But let's bring in Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace <laughs> was on the team last year. Mike Wallace knows the playbook. Mike Wallace has practiced with Carson Wentz a little bit. Now Carson missed training camp last year, but uh-huh. like Mike Wallace has been in the Eagles locker room. Like he makes infinite more sense than Des Bryant does. Torrey Smith, if he's willing to come out of retirement. Makes more sense. Would you agree? Tory Smith makes more sense. I, I guess. Like it. it may, my. I mean, Mike Wallace is thirty three, dude. <laughs> you know. Like I. I. That's why I don't. And he didn't really play all the last year either. So like, it's the same argument. It's just you're you're, you're going at least at speed. You know, and that's what people are going to get obsessed with here. But like, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm no longer obsessed with speed. That time passed. If you wanted to overpay for Robbie Anderson, I would have. I would have found a way to be okay with it. You know, or or whatever. But now you're at a point, and and Torrey Smith is thirty, right? So like, all you're doing is like at least give me speed, and we're we aren't sure if those guys can really catch a football. You well, if you're not going to go with speed, like I would rather just play JJ or Sega Whiteside the rest of the season. Same. Than- that, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Phase out fucking Alshon and Nelly, and and I'm at that point. Like I'm that livid about their play. You can't, you can't phase them out. Like I, I, know, I get the, for, like this is a larger scale nothing's, problem. But- nothing's going to change. Then that's what I'm saying. Something has to change. When Doug Peterson blatantly lies to us, like in our face. Well, not blatantly. I, that's not what I meant to say. I meant to say like sugarcoated so much that they're being good and not great and that's his way of saying they've been terrible then you've got to do something you have got yeah, to do something you can't you can't remake your whole receiving core 
with free agents after the trade deadline. It's like, not remaking like, it. It's it's getting in two guys and phasing them in said, so you don't have to rely on Alshon and Nelly as much anymore. That's so you, you want to phase out Alshon and Nelson and phase in Des Bryant and Jordan Matthews. Uh, whatever. Like, try something. Because what... No, but I, I just... But that's where I disagree. Like, and I've said I think Alshon's playing really bad. I don't think Nelson Aguilar's playing really well. Like... But these guys are just – it is what it is at this point. I, I see your point that nothing is going to change, and it's probably not. But these guys have been here all year. You've committed money to them. Like, like you kind of just have to sink with the ship at this point if you're the Eagles mm. because – like what? What are you going to bench Nelson and, and bring in Jordan bench, Matthews? This, you're acting like it's it's automatically it's it's. It, I'm saying you've got to make guys start sweating for their jobs, and and I don't know if Des Bryant does that. I don't know if Jordan Matthews does that. I don't know if Torrey Smith or any of these guys. But there has to be competition. There has to at least be some sweat with Mac Hollins and like. I I am thoroughly confused on what to believe when it becomes to JJ Ortega Whiteside, but I'm just going to assume he's bad. Okay, like I I I get the cross training stuff. Um, I get that they've gone through four wide receiver coaches in four years here, and that there's no consistencies there either. But like some well, something has to change. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't play at this point, yeah. then yeah, yeah, he's like, just, what's then he's I, just I, bad. And this is my, what I, can I can I just say this too? And I want I want your opinion on this. There are. It wasn't just us, because I saw a lot of people quote tweeting like Baldy's old tweets about, "Man, look at this uh, Arthega Whiteside kid. I'm getting OTA tape, and man, oh man, can this kid run routes? It's crazy, and da da da, and whatever." So, what did we miss? That's what. That's what I don't know. What did we miss about this kid that he can't even get on the field right now? Because unless people just want to say you can't trust anything in shorts and shells, fine. But I know that kid can play football. And if you're putting well, him in- Sydney, Sydney Jones was another guy that had a great training camp and he was a healthy scratch. Right. Like I just think sometimes with these young guys in training camp and they're going against each other. Remember that like he's going against Sydney Jones, who we all agree has struggled at this point. Sydney's going against JJ, who's not be, who's I guess you can't even you can't really say not playing well because he's not playing. I mean, I know he dropped yeah. that one pass he had the chance to make, but like I, I don't know. I mean, he's not playing like I would put JJ out there before I would sign Des Bryant. Like, uh, Jordan Matthews is a bit of a different situation again because he's been here, he knows Carson, he's been productive. Like, I do think s- s- signing Jordan Matthews makes sense, but you're going to just have to lean on Ertz more. You're going to have to have Goddard play more. You're going to have to, yep. you know, you want Alshon to do more here. I still believe in Nelson Aguilar. I know I'm in the minority there, but I still believe Nelson can be a productive receiver in this league. Like, Nelson Aguilar is better than almost any any player you're going to acquire at this point. I, the only other person that's probably right. that is Jordan Matthews, but like he's better than Des Bryant. I would rather have Nelson Aguilar taking all those snaps. Like if, so I just don't see bringing in two or three receivers at this point is changing too much. Like they have a game in two, in two weeks. And we saw last year, they struggled to even integrate golden Tate into this offense. Dude. I mean, but <laughs> all right. So do, so because of these reasons, the GM didn't plan well, uh, the, there's no confidence in the coaching staff that you can implement a wide receiver, even though every fucking buddy that I see, including Muhammad Sanu uh, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders and uh, probably Josh Gordon when we see him next week, and all of this different stuff can be integrated into an offense somehow. But in Philadelphia, that just doesn't exist, and we all have to accept that. That is bullshit. You know, but but it's not bullshit. I'm not not saying I'm not saying it can't happen, but we just saw last year 
We just saw it with Golden Tate, who they invested a third round pick in and is better than any of the guys we've talked about, right? Like, so so I get your point that, yes, you would love if the GM was able to make a move where they could bring in a guy that he would be able to play right away. But Jordan Matthews is probably the only real option there. I I agree. what, what, what about Mark and Michael, the guy that they yes, had in training camp? Like, absolutely. Would, Greg Ward, like all these guys. but like, The two I speedsters that you point, fucking signed on your practice squad. Like, something. Yeah, but at this something. point, I do think it's important to bring guys in that have played in this offense. Like, I just, I do think that's an important quality. Like, if you're going to trade a second for Robbie Anderson, that's different. That's a long-term move. Like, you want him to be here, but also you're, you're looking in the future. But... I just think signing a free agent off the street at this point, making him a big part of the offense when he has no history, is tough for anybody to do, let alone a team that we already know struggles to do it. I um, I, I, just, I don't buy that. I, I think that's ridiculous. I think it's coach. What, I, what makes you not buy it, though? It's like, all, it is all coach speak when you say things like we're trying to integrate into the offense and things like that, like we can't exactly do this or that or whatever. It's, it's crap. We see it every single week in the NFL from practice squad guys to guys that were fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh guys on the roster when it comes to wide receivers. Green Bay's got 70 of them somehow. The Philadelphia Eagles have zero. You know, and that that is that is unacceptable from a, it is. from from it a, is unacceptable from a it's, scouting, it's reality. From a scouting perspective or from a coaching perspective, that's crap. Like if you know this isn't working cuz here's the other option, Elliot. This is why I'm so adamant about it. You either have to change those things or you've got to completely change your offense anyway. You've said it for weeks now. This team's identity is running the football. I'm going to have to accept that. Uh, And by accepting that, then you need to turn into 21 and 22 personnel permanently and leave the wide receivers out of out of it, you know, like leave leave Nelly. You, you're only going in maybe one wide receiver, maybe two wide receiver sets at most, and everything runs through Ertz, Goddard, Sanders, and Howard. That's yeah. it. That's the only thing I can really accept, which is an even harder challenge now that and and <laughs> funny thing is that's what I it would exactly do against the Patriots because they fucking hate that as you saw against the Ravens on Sunday Night Football too and it's completely different because you don't have Lamar Jackson running sixteen times for you know seventy yards or whatever it was right but that's that to me is is just of a difficult challenge than bringing one wide receiver in here that may or may not know the offense that can go catch footballs. I think we've been so conditioned by what the Eagles have done over the last two years that we just don't think it can happen, and that's a sad state of affairs when when that happens. Like it's this is all of this is unacceptable to have no backups going through here. But I will say, even with me bitching and yelling, can, uh, can I say one one quick oh, yeah. thing on that? Just Go one ahead. Quick thing. I agree with everything you're saying on a larger scale. Agreed with it 100%. You're right. It's a problem that they can't do this. It's a problem that other teams are doing it. It's frustrating to know that when we talk about other players coming in here, that the Eagles' history of being unable to do it has to factor in. Like That shouldn't be a problem. My only point is it's just a reality. So when, when I'm thinking about what they can do to act, like when they go to practice a week from now to start preparing for the Patriots, like what's going to help them right there? Like what's the most realistic path to this team being good on offense? I think it's what you said. It's counting on the guys you already have and maybe bringing in a Jordan Matthews or some type of guy that you can just feel confident that like isn't going to completely shit the bed if you put him in there, right? That yeah. So I agree. Like the idea of bringing Dez, the Saints could do it last year because they were operating at an extremely high level 
everything was going great and they could just throw somebody in there. The Eagles haven't been operating at a high level on offense for a year and a half. So it's just harder to get those guys. It's harder to bring guys in when you can't even get your own guys to play at high level. The Patriots have not had a passing attack really all season and Mohamed Sanu was their leading wide receiver, wasn't he? Like that, I, 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 I don't know if he was or not. I, I can't accept it. I, I that that's what I mean. Like it, we we try to make this game so complicated, but if if and here's what I'll say: if it's Doug or Grow, and they can't go, you're in the Z spot. Here's the routes you're going to run. <laughs> like, or you're in the X spot. Here's what you're going to run. Then then what but, are we but, doing? I'm- but, but, but like the problem is that even with Deshaun gone, the Eagles are still going to value Alshon, Ertz, and Goddard, and probably Aguilar at this point. I mean, they'd have to bring in somebody they really believe in to put him over Aguilar, but they're going to value all those guys. So the, that you're talking about whoever they bring now is the fifth option in the passing game before you even get to the running back. Right. So when you bring in somebody like that, it's just harder. Like that's why trading for Golden Tate made made no sense last year. Like they're always gonna. I, I just think their best plan of attack at this point is feature Ertz the most you can. Do it until teams have to concentrate on him so much it opens up things for other guys. I'd run a lot of stuff for Miles Sanders. I thought they did a great job in the game on Sunday of putting Miles Sanders in good places Absolutely. to succeed. Like very well called. Uh, not I know they're not quote unquote screen screen plas la screen. Passes. We'll call them delayed swing passes. How about that or yeah, something? Whatever yeah. they were, they looked really good and they worked, right? Yep. And to your point about how everyone's really excited about this eight eight minute drive and it was huge, but it's pretty crazy that they ran sixteen plays and all they got was a field goal. Yes. Like I I know <laughs> I know you want to try to kill clock there, but you know what else would have put the game away? Just like scoring a touchdown in right. plays. Because so so I think it's somewhat concerning that. It took 16 plays, and you didn't even really get to, like, the two. I mean, you kicked yep. that field goal from what, like 38 yards out? Yep. So so I think this offense has major problems that nobody they're going to sign at this point is going to fix them. The problems with this offense, and this is another debate, but again, like, I still think Doug and Carson hold some blame in this. But outside of just that, the problems that this offense has is personnel at receiver because Howie did a poor job, period. Yep. And so bringing yep. somebody in at this point is just going to be tough to really get them – to try to contribute, it just it just really it's going to be really hard. Yeah, um, and I, I, yeah, after rewatching the game a couple of times last night, uh, yeah, I mean, just just to your point, Wentz did miss two touchdown throws, the one to Alshon and the one that Baldy put out this morning. Um, that's when I was yelling at James when you know, Ertz is Ertz is wide open, and I got into a discussion yesterday about. Uh, or this morning, uh, who's in coverage there? Uh, wh- wh- what's the safety for it the was, Bears? I think game? it was Haha Clinton Dix. Yeah, yeah, it was Dix. Yeah. Uh, it's seven, a quality play that he tweeted about. Seven, seven yards away from, from Ertz, and, and Carson wasn't ready to throw it for whatever reason. I had the same questions when it happened live and uh, forgot to mention that on the postgame show. But and, and as I'm saying this, though, that's part of why I desperately need a wide receiver in here because Wentz has to be perfect. And he's, if he's not perfect, they lose that on touchdowns. That's how it goes. And we've had two now, two games back-to-back where you've had poor quarterbacks and you still needed eight-minute drives to basically just wipe the – well, that's not true with the Bills. I mean, they, they killed them. But it's that, still, that, yeah, it was, it was a game for like two and a half quarters. Uh, but eight-minute drives to close out games uh, against bad quarterbacks is, is, is basically how this team is won. And it's not going to hold up against the Patriots. It's not going to hold up against Seattle. That's just the truth. Like those offenses yeah. can score at will. Sorry, you know it's 
You're 100% right. <laughs> you are. I mean, the defense has been playing better. Fletcher Cox has improved. That's really encouraging to see, right? Like Absolutely. we all know the one way to really get after Tom Brady is pressure him up the middle. Fletcher Cox looks like he's going to be able to do that. But I think the Patriots is a pretty tough spot coming off of their bye week, coming off of their first loss of the season. Even if you had a completely 100% healthy Deshaun Jackson, that was going to be really just a really difficult thing to do. And one last large picture thing I'll say yeah. is – I would move on from both Alshon and Deshaun this offseason. I don't care what the cap implications are. How he needs to completely redo this receiving core. He needs to bring in young guys. He needs to like that was that is the priority for this offseason. You the Andre Dillard pick looks like it's gonna end up being a pretty good one. Yeah. So you have the left tackle situation solved. Like you, you're committed to Brandon Graham. Maybe you, you know, defensive tackle is high on that list. All those things. I would move on from Alshon and Deshaun next year, bring in young guys that you can count on. You can never plan for injuries but young guys that you feel are healthy young talented guys maybe a first or second round pick use on somebody but that would be my priority for the offseason you have to redo this receiving court and just completely change the room yeah and this um should factor in uh because because this uh, how i look at it elliot is i saw carson Wentz 2016 work with nothing uh and have some sparks in there um and i see carson Wentz in 2019 which feels like it's reverted to 2016, um, uh-huh. and if you're comparing those years, you should feel really hopeful about the the future of this franchise. Um, uh, uh, I don't know about that, but that's a discussion for a different day. Well, of course, I, 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 I don't think the future of this team is particularly bright. Just, I mean, they're they're an old team. That, at, cor- that has- at quarterback, it is. W- whatever happens in front of that, and to your point, I'm just saying now you've got to get guys in here that Carson Wentz sees every day for the next. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve years of his career, um, or just five-year windows. Honestly, would be a well, humongous help. Just three at this point. Just the same three yeah. starting receivers for the same two starting receivers for three years would be yeah. a huge, huge plus from where this team is been. Yeah, because you just look at, um, and again, I'm I'm jealous of Seattle and their wide receiving core because you know it it you you go from Doug Baldwin and then Lockett's just right there to be your number one guy. Um, and then you also go get DK Metcalf, and you just rely on athleticism, 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 and that's something um, in general that I think the Eagles need to start doing is going away from the production-heavy uh, part of their scouting and rely more on the athlete. And if it's between the two, go with the athlete over over production because it really hasn't it hasn't helped them uh, so far right now, and you've got to keep rebuilding in free agency. You've got to be on a podcast uh, on a on a Monday uh, the evening and pounding the table for a thirty one year old Des Bryant that's coming off of an Achilles injury. Like I don't I, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, so that is that is in the larger picture. But um, I'll, I'll say this at the end of the podcast: two things, two things, real quickly. One. Um, like I, the, the more and more I look ahead, the worse I feel about the Eagles' chances. Um, and this is football, and anything can happen. So happy to be wrong about it. But like this is, I, I, it, I the expectations change all over the place. I'm never going to be happy because this year was supposed to go to the Super Bowl. I don't care if my expectations were too high. Everybody, everybody, every single person in the offseason thought that this roster was ready to rock and roll. So you can say like, oh, that I didn't think that, I didn't think that, but the majority of Eagles fans thought this roster was deep, heavy, and ready to rock and roll. And I can't believe I'm talking like this after a win, by the way. Uh, but here's, here's a positive thing I'll say. Yeah. And it's going to come across as a shot at Carson, but it's not. Like, if Carson and Doug are special, then this offense can still produce. Like, if Carson just is a, like just 
15% better than he's been, the offense will look a lot better. If Doug comes out and is like the coach he can be, then the offense will be better. So although they have issues at receiver, no denying it, they still have two really good running backs. They have a great offensive line. They have Zach Ertz. They have Dallas Goddard. They have Alshon's corpse of whatever he still is. They have (laughs) Aguilar, right? Like there's still enough pieces there that if Deshaun, I'm not Deshaun, if Doug and Carson like take their game up uh, like a letter grade or yep. you know fifteen percent or whatever. Then I don't think the season is over. I still I still think like, you're going to struggle to beat New England for sure, and Seattle's going to be tough. But I think they could potentially like give Dallas a game. I mean I don't know. So I don't think all hope is lost. I just think now we real you really need Doug and Carson to earn their money at this point. Like you just and I hate to be the money guy that brings up salaries, but there's I a did. reason that that you that they pay them all this money is because yep. they that's who they have to be. So I, that's what that's what I'll say. That Look, bring in Jordan Matthews, bring in Dez to make uh, John happy. We'll get you a Dez Bryant jersey. But like, <laughs> I, I, like, Doug and Carson just have to be better now. That's it. Doug and Carson have to be better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And uh, I uh, second thing I want to say is you guys are so fucking awesome uh, because Liquid Death has completely sold out. <laughs> like, they don't have a can to give out at this current moment. That's how awesome you guys are. So thank you uh, for supporting them uh, and for supporting us. And uh, don't worry, there's plenty more coming. It's just, you know, they were they were literally out of inventory uh, at one point. So uh, liquiddeath.com, keep that in your mind at all times because uh, it is it is flying off the shelves, y'all, and uh, especially here in Philadelphia. That is a lot because of you, and I can't thank you enough for supporting them and the podcast uh, moving forward. So uh, there is plenty to talk about as we move forward. I'm sure there will be moves made. We moved up our Tuesday to Monday for obvious reasons, but we'll be here. We're not going anywhere. And, of course, this week kicks off our bi-week beer bash that is happening at the uh, casino at Delaware Park. It's something that we've done every year. It's a third year in a row now of doing it. Free beer, free pizza. We're just going to kick back and relax, enjoy the games, and uh, there's uh, there's 50 of you to invite. So um, what you can do right now, if you want to come and you're listening to this, uh, at the, uh, email us, gobirdspod at gmail.com. Uh, and I will confirm with you once you do that. If you want to come to uh, to the casino at Delaware Park, where it's we're going to start like uh, I don't know, uh, eleven a.m., uh, twelve p.m., somewhere around there, and just watch um, watch all the games, bet on them, have some fun, and uh, and we will. Uh, we're looking forward to to hanging out with you guys once again this year. So gobirdspod at gmail dot com. Say I want. I want to come, me and a person want to come, or whoever, whoever you want to go with. Limit two per per person, but uh, first and uh, first name, last name, and uh, phone number, yeah, and we will make sure that you're on the list uh, for uh, for Sunday. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that is Elliot Shore Parks. You can always read all the stuff, 94WIP.com slash go birds. And uh, I'm John Barchard. You can follow me on the Twitter.com at John Barchard at Elliot Shore Parks. So uh, for episode number 130 and for Deshaun's abs, please get better soon. I don't know. Make a miracle happen, I guess. Uh, we will uh, talk to you very soon right here. Radio.com, Sports Radio 94WIP. Go birds. Go birds.